Set your mind on things above with Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. He wanted a cure. He found the creator. Chapter 21 The Beloved The transport stream came to a screeching halt, urging its wearisome guests to depart. I am not at fault. My ideas were better. If I were in charge, things would be different. You would be free to do whatever you want. Come with me and you will see. He droned on. Has he seen himself lately? Someone whispered. Who is he? Another asked. He stinks to high heaven. That seemed to infuriate the strange one even more. The door shut as soon as the dreary load stepped away from the platform. The other travelers breathed a sigh of relief as the guest shuffled past, dragging his cacophony behind. Last call for Justice Hall. Transport stream. 111 said once more. It paused for a moment, then zoomed into the heights, glad to resume its typical cheer. The beloved waved the eye away with its view of Transport Stream 111 and focused on his class. Of all his responsibilities, this was one of his favorites, teaching the newlings. But more complaints had just arrived from the source. His were endless, tainting the atmosphere of Heaven's realm. So he called for an elder teacher. I am needed at Justice Hall. On my way, my lord, the assistant said. The beloved walked up and down the aisles, answering questions, giving directions. A student ran to him, exhilarated with color. I finished! Very good. Are the results promising? Yes, my lord, the newling said. Your probability is perfect. I worked and reworked the patterns many times. It has no flaw. Well done, my son, the beloved said. Thank you, father. The newling turned ruby red and glimmered. Check mine, another said. I finished my work, too. Soon, the other little voices chimed in. Me, too. Mine is done. Is it right? I am sure you all have done a fine job, but we must stop for now. Duty calls, the beloved said, dismissing the eager faces. Your elder teacher will continue your training. The little lights paused, hovering midair. He laughed at their obvious disappointment. But I will return to see your progress. His promise sent them skipping toward the elder teacher, chattering. The beloved allowed the records to float through his mind as he glided toward the hallowed hall. He searched the eyes of the strange one, exploring the pool where the spirit resides, confirming once again what the ancient one already knew. Null. The spark left long ago, purposefully vanquished. Beloved, you are most fair to tolerate that one. The elder bowed as the beloved passed. This is a hall of equity. All will be heard. The beloved nodded to the select ones as he ascended the steps to the hidden father and entered the right hand. This should be interesting, the one mind said, hovering over the throne. The dreary fellow stumbled into the room, his bitter complaints and fiery speech so bold at the transport station were now little more than whines. He fell to his face, scowling all the way. Speak! The voice bellowed, shaking the great hall and the standing ones with thunder and flashes of lightning. You are not fair. You have wronged me. You have not kept your word. You said you would judge sin, yet those monkeys you created. A flash of lightning ignited just spaces away from the strange one, 
You will use appropriate language in my court, the voice boomed. He seethed, but continued. His hands trembled as he held up a small cylinder. See for yourself the man you favored sins, and you have not judged him. You have not punished him, yet his sin is far greater than mine. The cylinder floated to the center of the room, clicking and swirling until the accusation appeared before the high court. They viewed Zohar tumbling out the father tree tower, babbling as Enoch examined him. The man Zohar was harmed because of Enoch. A man is not responsible for the actions of another, the beloved said. But Enoch is their leader. He should have taught them. The accuser pressed on. We will view the previous record, the beloved countered, presenting a cylinder of his own. As you can plainly see, Enoch did give proper instructions. But when his instructions were disobeyed, Enoch did not reprimand. The sullen creature whined, Enoch has set a bad example, yet you did not punish him as you have punished me. You are not fair. The man Enoch has not had ample time to learn his new duties, unlike you, the beloved said. He expressed his willingness to learn, unlike you. The beloved snapped his finger and the cylinder folded into itself and vanished. Enoch will have an opportunity to bring correction and express remorse within reasonable constraints, just as you had. The accuser fumed. And if Enoch doesn't, then he should be judged just like me. If you are really who you say you are, I am who I am. The beloved waved his hand and the standing ones escorted the accuser out Justice Hall, back to the transport station and out of heaven's realm. Tis, tis, the one mind said once the commotion ended. Such a shame, the beloved agreed. I remember when he was just a wee little light in our first class. Enoch dashed through the grasslands away from the seti of Seth, pausing to look over his shoulder. The outskirts of the seti was faint and the sun still high. He picked up his pace until he was almost running. If I hurry, I can make it before sun sleep. Anami trailed Enoch toward Avonland Forest, understanding why the man had left the elders in Neshpanel dumbfounded. He looks like us Elohim, well, almost only smaller. That's the problem. Anami adjusted his bow and surveyed the plains. The fallen might think he is one of us. Anami focused his thoughts on the human. Run! Enoch broke out full speed but slowed down when the northern breeze blew something foul. Enoch held his breath as he scanned the savannah. These bloodless beasts have nerve hunting before sun sleep. Anami dropped low just inches above the man and cloaked him. Hundreds of fallen were scuffling through the grasslands, heading toward the forest. He hummed a tune, covering Enoch with the fragrance of heaven's realm. Run faster! The sweet scent of honeysuckle refreshed him. Enoch ignored the sting of the tall grass whipping against his thighs and sprinted. Almost there. Anami raised the pitch of his soaring melody and his speed when the edge of Avonland Forest came into view. Keep up, Enoch. You must take cover. Enoch surged ahead, focusing on the horizon until he reached the forest edge, chest heaving. He walked into the shade of the woods just as the sun plunged toward Adama and then turned back to the soft greenery covering the border. He plopped down. This would make a nice bed. Why is he hesitating? The fallen were almost upon them. Anami focused on the man again. Enoch, you must enter the forest. Enoch sighed and turned to face the woods. 
There will be time for comfort later. He entered, tiptoeing reverently beneath the canopy of father trees, who seemed to say hush with their long, low branches rustling in the breeze. The cool mist of eve was already forming beneath Edink's feet. At sun's birth it would thicken to a spray and hover three feet above the ground, refreshing the vegetation until first heat chased it away. Enoch searched the forest floor. He picked up a twig, then set it aside. He moved further in, searching. No, that's not right. Enoch selected another loose branch, then tossed it. He did this again and again. What are you looking for? Enoch snapped a twig in two and flung it. Anami ducked as it whizzed by his head. Enoch paced back and forth, kicking up dirt. Some tracker you are can't even find wood for the fire. Since the favor of the Ancient One rested upon him at the ceremony of the bearer, Enoch found it hard to concentrate on simple things. He found himself drifting, mind-wandering, longing for that other place from a strange dream. Sometimes he thought he saw people no one else could see. What is wrong with me? I used to be able to do this faster than anyone. He kept looking. A dried branch from a father tree was best for starting heaven's fire. But he was hesitant to remove anything from these elders of Adama. Enoch sighed with exasperation at the dimming sky. None of these are right, and I do not have much longer. He dropped his sack with a thud. For truth, this will just have to... Snap! The hair on Enoch's arms stood on end as he twisted around sharply. Enoch exhaled and smiled. It was just an old branch falling from a father tree. Anami stepped aside as the man grabbed the limb. He just snapped off the tree. Perfect. Enoch dragged the branch behind him, searching. Now I just need to find. Go to your left. Enoch looked to his left. The rising ground led to a small rocky ledge. Large father trees almost hid the front completely, while the concave top covered the crevice beneath, and the back was solid ground packed with stone. Enoch dropped to the forest floor, sniffed, and scanned the area. Good, no tracks, no animals have made this their home. Enoch lugged the branch and his pack over to the site and made his arrangements quickly. Within moments, he chopped the branch into a neat pile, ignited it with manta rocks, and stood back to admire the fire. Enoch dumped the contents of his worn leather pouch onto the ground and set the small jar of myrrh, the pouch of incense, and his smooth golden rod by the fire. Anami sat cross-legged by the blazing element. At least the man appeared normal again. His bright countenance had faded. Now the human was kneeling and mumbling in some odd language. Strange. Why didn't he start the fire the way he did at the ceremony? Anami lifted his bow from his back and placed it in his lap and leaned in closer to Enoch. Anami wrinkled his nose and tried to decipher the words. Sounds like he said watcher, but in our tongue. He leaned in even closer, trying to decipher the man's words, rapidly going back and forth between the tongue of Adam the language of the Elohim, and something else. Anami sighed and leaned against the stone crevice. It's just gibberish again, but since he's busy, I might as well see if he brought it. Anami kept an eye on Enoch's back and one hand on his bow as he reached for Enoch's pack. He deftly searched the bag so nothing jostled. Even though the man couldn't see him, he would notice his things moving around all by themselves. Yes, it's here. Anami eyed the container full of the liquid with delight. Ketu, my favorite. Anami smiled. Maybe my charge can be persuaded to make some once he's... Anami's brow twitched at the sensation. Light. 
In one move, he knelt in the second stance with bow drawn and arrow pointing toward the cause. In the next, he dropped to a deep bow as the familiar surge of energy assured him this was no fallen. Anami sensed his aura shift to the multicolored spectrum. A visit from the beloved? Did I do something wrong? My lord. Rise, Anami. Yes, my lord, Anami said quickly, standing to face the image of the Ancient One. Make haste for El Tava. Take Azam and Delmar to the city of Seth. Of course, my lord, Anami said with a quick bow, keeping his eyes on Enoch, who still lay face down. Did I fail? Why has my task changed? The beloved kneeled and placed a hand on the man's head. Anami hesitated. Just then the beloved looked up. Anami rushed to leave, ashamed. The rainbow swirl of light was there again, noticing it shifted with his thoughts. Anami. He stopped mid-motion and did an about-face. Yes, my lord? Anami tried to control his flailing thoughts and the revealing colors. I like it too, the beloved said with a smile. I beg your pardon, my lord? The Ketu, I like it too. Yes, my lord, Anami responded with a broad grin just before he soared away with a flash. Anami relished the short burst of cool air in the upper realm as he sped toward El Tava. Normally, he would have traveled like a son of Adam so as not to call attention to himself, as these humans unknowingly drifted in and out of perception. Be wise, be discreet, he remembered General Michael's first instructions. At times they see, and at times they are blind. But since the beloved himself said to make haste, I can fly! Delmar and Azam recognized the loud whoop. Anami! They both said in unison, searching the night sky. Captain Azam, Delmar said, normally I would not approve of such. Of such what? Anami swooped down and snatched the two up at a ninety-degree angle with a touch of his hands. Of such you. Delmar shifted under Anami's grip. Save it, you two, Azam warned as he scanned the treetops whizzing by. I must admit, Azam said quietly, thanks are in order. Your zest came at a most opportune moment. Really? Anami stopped mid-air, surprised at Captain Azam's compliment. Lieutenant Anami? Yes, Captain Azam. You dropped something. Anami looked down just in time to see Delmar crashing into the bushes. He descended gently, floating with his hand tethered to the captain. Sorry, sir. Captain Azam stifled a chuckle when he saw Lieutenant Delmar covered in thorns and bristles from the prickly patch. Delmar righted himself and transformed, blending in perfectly with the men guarding the seti of Seth. He glared at Anami. You did that on purpose! Yemezric jerked sideways and clutched his cup of brew before it sloshed to the ground. Wasn't that Lieutenant Anami? Chom, you must be feeling the power of this drink, Hazazel said. I didn't see a thing. No, Yemezric said. I could have sworn I heard him. It was so clear, like he went right past me. I can distinguish a voice at least one hundred spaces away, Hazazel said. I would know if an Elohim stirred in my vicinity. Too true, Captain Zamjaza said, lifting his mug to Hazazel. I only have the best in my company, and Hazazel, my friend, you are the best. Right that, Hazazel said, smacking his mug into Samjaza's. Besides, Jemezarek, Captain Samjaza said, Anami's orders are to observe from Mount Arata, not gallivant around as he pleases like a power. Samjaza surveyed the camp. Let me assure you, I do not pick up any signatures other than our own. And if Lieutenant Anami would be so bold as to break my orders, 
he would be punished severely. Yemezarek looked around, too. Relax, my friend, Samjaza said. Our comrades are following my instructions as ordered. There is no need for alarm. Captain Azam knows we are on a special assignment. The rest are at their posts. My senses would tell me if it were otherwise. Of course, Captain, it must be this mixture's strange effect on this suit of flesh, Yemezrik said with a laugh and a shake of his head. Yemezrik sat alone as he watched Captain Samjaza and Hazazel return to the open tent for more pleasures with their mates. He ignored the half-clad women sprawling about inside, in plain view, and the watchers getting to know them as he went over the events again and again in his mind, recording them. The ceremony of union the daughters of Eve had insisted on ended hours ago. He'd watched with wonder along with the jubilant crowd as Captain Samjaza made the covenant with the woman called Nema. It was followed with dancing, food, the pounding drums, and rhythmic melody of the timbrel. An intense sense of excitement filled El Tava. He joined in the celebration and singing gladly at first. Samjaza's triumphant glow after the consummation ignited the others. Hazazel was next. He finished, grinning like he always did after a confrontation. Why, chums, it is wonderful, Hazazel said. Our captain has set us free indeed. Another watcher brought his bride to the tent with her father and the other elders of Cain standing around as onlookers. This happened again and again after the Elohim brought their mates forward. Yemezarek thought that perhaps the Elohim were being too excessive and that so many needn't watch. He'd asked Captain Samjaza about it. Samjaza said something about the covenant that it must have witnesses. He accepted his captain's answer, but when Captain Samjaza asked him if he would like to be next, slapping him on the arm with the grin, he'd declined. Captain Samjaza, I'll stand guard to make sure no fallen or sons of Seth come to disrupt this plan of our father. Instead, he'd watched and recorded. Some of the women were crying now. He turned away from the pitiful moans pulling the hood of his cloak over his head to block the view. He'd seen a few of the young girls slip away and run into the dark of the bush when their father's backs were turned. The men had been so engrossed in the unions in the tent they hadn't even noticed. Yemezarek said nothing. That's when he saw it, the look on some of the men's faces. It was like looking at two faces in one, one face human, the other face horrible, yet familiar. Perhaps they were right to run. He looked again at a few of the brides who now curled up into balls in a heap on the floor, pleading for an end to the ceremony of union. But it wasn't that way with all the women. Some were like the first. Nema. She reveled in it and the attention. He stared at her when she wasn't looking. Samjaza had chosen well. She was beautiful. He kept gazing at her, enraptured with her appearance. Just then, she looked at him and laughed. He caught his breath and glanced away. She was still laughing at him. It was there. He was sure of it. The other face. That's when he decided to take up a position near the fire, away from the others, away from the tent. Yemezarek sat by the fire and gazed toward the incline, leading out of El Tava to the city of Nod. I am glad I let the others go first. Yemezarek surveyed the area until he found him. Captain Samjaza bounded up the steps toward the pillars, carrying Nema in his arms. I could return to Mount Arata, see what the others know, maybe. Then he heard the sounds again, pitiful moans, louder this time. The full moon moved west. Sun's birth was nigh.
Yemezrik opened his satchel and pulled out a variety of vines, leaves, and roots he'd been collecting. He mashed them carefully into a paste and held it over the fire. Maltorata will have to wait. These daughters will need the wisdom that heals. This concludes this chapter of Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. If you enjoyed this excerpt and just can't wait for the next chapter, download Taken ebook through Amazon Kindle and read it for free with Amazon Prime. Also, please check back for upcoming chapters of Taken on this podcast. Remember, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Please share this uplifting read with your friends and get ready to soar. Thank you again for listening and may the favor of the Ancient One be on you.